Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web3. Today, I've got a really fascinating show for you. I'm going to be joined by Jess Sloss, and he is the founder of Seed Club. And Seed Club is like the Y Combinator for DAOs, Decentralized Autonomous Organizations. And this guy is really genius. And I think you're going to absolutely love what he talks about. If you're thinking about starting a business that could be a world-changing business and you want to take advantage of the network effect and all the power of DAOs, you want to take a listen to today's podcast episode. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, follow this show. I've got some absolutely amazing people coming in future episodes. You do not want to miss this content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Jess Sloss. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I am very excited to be joined by Jess Sloss. If you don't know who Jess is, he is a DAO founder and strategist. He's the co-creator of The Seed Club, a DAO accelerator that helps project founders launch and grow world-changing DAOs. He's also the host of the Building at the Edges podcast. Josh, Jess, welcome to the show. Thanks, did I saw? Did I call you by the wrong name earlier? Or did I just? I didn't. Right? I got no, it. No, no, right. you did it good. People okay. like to go in between those two, so very natural. But yeah, wonderful to be here, Mike. All right, great to have you, Jess. So, what we're going to talk about today, what Jess and I are going to explore, are how DAOs 
can be new ways to structure business. And I'm really excited to talk to you today because of all the stuff that you've got going on. But before we go there, I would love to hear your backstory. How the heck did you get into DAOs, crypto? Start wherever you want to start. Let's hear the story. Yeah, I love when we chatted earlier. Like, have you heard of Social Media Examiner? Michael, I have. It was my past life. I, you know, came into the workforce right as social media was becoming a thing, and and was you know super enamored with, with Twitter and Facebook and and YouTube, and had the the sort of had paid my way through university, running a small gardening company, and just to see these new tools like blogging and and the the, the internet generally was just blew my mind. You know, I had started my business with classified ads and a fax machine and knocking on doors and just to sort of see this new world open up to me it just it captivated me early on and, and this idea of just sort of the power of networks as, as the internet took hold you know when i look back it was just such an obvious through line that at, at the time didn't seem so obvious so yeah early on was you know had the privilege of building alongside some talented creators in the youtube world and spent a bunch of time in the music business all around digital media social media I always say Seth Godin is my spirit animal. Like those were sort of like formative <laughs> you know, so times, cool. right? And it was, yeah, it was this, this idea that all of a sudden media was democratized and had the opportunity to sort of reach the world. It, you know, it was it, you were around those times. It was just, it had such an energy to it. And I think like many folks who were early in and maybe a little bit more idealistic into this sort of media shift, I got to see some of the downsides of it early on. Maybe not the ones that we're talking about today, which is you know, misinformation, et cetera, but, but more so this idea of investing time, energy, money, creating value in these networks. And as creators, not really seeing that value come back in, in the same way, you know, Facebook and YouTube are multiple billion, almost trillion dollar companies and built on much of the labor of creators and individuals that are sharing and connecting there. And so the idea of sort of this digital feudalism era that I think we still live in was something that really was front of mind for me when in 2016, 2017, crypto, I guess we get to call it still crypto business, crypto, we're going to lean into that. We'll call it crypto, call it Web3, whatever yeah well i mean it was it was crypto at that time and maybe we'll come back to it but i think this this idea of of networks that were owned by people where the value was being contributed back to to folks really just captivated me and i remember watching a youtube video of of these big brain guys talking about DAOs, this idea of like autonomous cars driving around the world owning themselves and earning plugging in you know uber was big at the time plugging into this network and it just it blew me away and so fell down the rabbit hole pretty hard and have been building the space since early 2017 in a, a number of different projects. But I, again, I think the, the through line is sort of this community ownership or individual ownership in the networks that we're helping to build. And, you know, DAOs, I think, are sort of the natural evolution of that. They're the, the place or the, the mechanisms we have to actually distribute that ownership to coordinate the work that goes into building these things and don't just sort of emerge without the effort of human beings. And I think, you know, through a, a number of different versions or, or pathways that sort of came to be at the, the right place at the right time to bring some folks together to to launch Seed Club, which is a DAO, has been a DAO since day one and is quickly becoming a, a force of nature out there and helping to bring this new world to life. I want to ask a few more questions because you must have experienced a DAO at some point. And what, was there a DAO you were part of that kind of opened your eyes that ultimately inspired you to want to go out and do what you're doing now? If so, tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, well, in 2016, the DAO was the, the thing in the Ethereum ecosystem. It was this an investment DAO that 
at one point just siphoned a ton of, of open Ethereum capital from, from the ecosystem into it. And the idea was like, how could people come together and fund the next innovative applications or technologies in the crypto space? Uh, it's probably most notable for the fact that it was hacked because the smart contracts had some vulnerabilities in it and actually led to the fork of the Ethereum blockchain. Oh, wow. So that, that was the thing that got me interested. You know, I'm not a technical person. What I loved about early social media was that I could spin up a blogger and not have to code, even though maybe I can do a bit of that. But so I, I bought Ethereum trying to get into that DAO, but was not technically capable enough to actually put my Ethereum into that DAO, which ultimately turned out to be a very good thing since I didn't lose it. But that was sort of like the, the first touch point. And then, you know, the... The, the thing that sort of brought me back into the space was in, in 2019, there were a number of DAO platforms that had launched. And so they were, these were technology platforms that were really trying to build the tools that would allow for coordination of people and towards certain ends. But it, it was still very early and and I think was more ideological than pragmatic in its operation. And so I, I found myself just, you know, fascinated with this idea of how how might you, you know, form capital using tokens? How, how might you uh, use this technology to build it? early community members or membership base or network base to, to various degrees of success and ultimately not huge success through the bear markets of 2018, 2019. And, you know, I think what's interesting is, is Dow has this big, you know, it's, it's this confusing, big, often seems like a, 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 a large, complicated thing. But the way C Club kind of came into existence was just a group chat with 11 people in Telegram. And I think what was most notable there is that, that it emerged from this interest and collaboration of people rather than from this sort of like top down or even like monolithic DAO tooling structure that, that existed. And I think there's a lot of insights into how the most notable or interesting organizations have sort of emerged today in that story. Yeah, I'm curious, what exactly is Seed Club? Tell us a little bit more about it. So C Club is a network accelerator. We, you can folks often call it the, the Y Combinator of Web3, though I think we have a long way to go to, to earn that moniker. We are a community of, of individuals that help to choose and support and launch DAOs or internet native organizations. I think DAO is a very broad term. So we're interested in, in any organization that represents its ownership and governance and, and business essentially on chain. So instead of it being a an equity-based organization governed by the laws of whatever your local jurisdiction is, these are on chain or, or networks that have tokens at the core and, and governance using those tokens and, and most often sort of revenue and value created using those tokens. So C-Club, is an accelerator team supply. We, we our, our community helps to choose, and then they run into a, a twelve week accelerator program where we help them define, build community, figure out the legal fundraising, all the the complicated stuff that goes into building these organizations, and then ultimately they contribute a percentage of their tokens to the C Club DAO, and then earn C Club tokens as well. So you think of it as sort of like a network of networks, whereas we continue to do a good job at choosing really great projects and supporting them to win. Not only do we believe that those will be valuable out in the world, but also we get to build a network of individuals who are world class at building in their own specific niches in, in this DAO space. Now, when did you actually found Seed Club? How long ago was that? And how many different, if you will, DAOs are, have maybe gone through the process or maybe in the middle of the process right now? Yeah, so Seed Club, the, the group chat was spun up in August of 2020. We we're a product of, of the pandemic, purely digital, and then was formalized on chain in January of 2021. We just announced our fifth cohort today as we're recording. So, so far we have had just over 60 
DAOs, projects that have, have come through C Club. They're all at various stages. Some of them are out in the world with their own tokens. Others are still building community and, and working towards that. And then we just announced another 16 that we're working with today. But every time we open up applications, I think we had just north of 200 applications this time. So it's a very curated network. We're really looking for um, great builders, great big ideas, we love we love a good call to adventure. This idea of like what are people wanting to come together to go create, um, and also take a very curated approach. So it's it's not for everybody, but it's for the right people. And our hope is that if we continue to sort of build that out cohort after cohort, that we'll have an incredibly valuable and impactful network. Thank you for providing that context because I think a lot of people are going to be like, "All right, I need to pay attention to Jess because this guy has worked with a lot of individuals who are building essentially on the DAO." concept, if you will. So first of all, why should someone consider a DAO? I mean, this has got to be one of the biggest questions, right? Because it's obviously a very different than incorporating or, you know, starting a sole proprietor or going out and seeking venture capital. Like, and I know a DAO could probably get venture capital, but why in the world should someone consider a DAO? Yeah, I think like if you are building a network or a thing that operates like a network, a DAO might be a good idea for you. You know, I think what there, there are a lot of complications that come from launching a DAO. There's a ton of gray areas and un- unknowns in the space. And so, you know, for many businesses, projects, it probably makes a lot more sense to, to launch it as an equity-based organization. And I think there'll be a, a, many DAOs will emerge from these organizations that first start off with, with an equity-based or, or you know, more of a traditional company. But sort of the question of like, where do you want to get to, I think is a big one. And if, you know, as I shared earlier, this idea of social networks, really the, the power and the value of those networks are the people coming to build on them and, and building these network effects. I think we look at those as, an, as a great example. If you are building something that benefits from the power of a network, using tokens to represent ownership and distribute uh, power and, and value within that network has, uh, you know, a, a lot of benefits. And so, you know, we, we sort of are very interested in organizations that are building on chain, as I mentioned earlier. And so explain what that means for someone who might not understand. Yeah, So on, on chain means you're using a smart contract platform or tool, sort of like Ethereum or maybe Solana or you know, a blockchain that essentially is, is sort of guaranteeing the, the value that's being created on that chain. So, you know, C Club has 10 million tokens that exist in the world. Those tokens are distributed to members who create value within the, within the ecosystem and, and they're programmatic. We can do interesting things. They can plug into other parts of the Web3 ecosystem as it sort of evolves. And so, you know, our belief is that by starting with, you know, from the primordial ooze that is an on-chain organization versus one that is, that is off-chain, that a lot of new interesting things can emerge, new challenges that limits you in, in many ways, but also creates, you know, a lot less friction and, and you know, C-Club members are, are from around the world. Our ownership is, and, and members are, couldn't even tell you how many countries folks are in and you know there, there are any number of, of limitations or frictions that exist in trying to build these truly global businesses if you're using uh, a more traditional structure and i think DAOs provide a reasonable opportunity to yeah grow in, in that way i think some people listening are like okay network effect and networks and all that stuff maybe you i don't know if you're able to do this maybe you could talk about some of the former people that have been through your process what kinds of businesses they're building just so people can wrap their head around whether or not maybe the idea they're thinking about doing might fit into the paradigm of a DAO. 
Yeah, I think, you know, we look at communities as networks. And so many of the early projects that have come through through C Club have really leaned into that. So, I mean, th- there are so many. And I always hate just leaving many out, but I have to here. We can only share a few. So uh, a couple of, of note, there's a team called Krause House that's on a mission to buy and operate an NBA sports franchise, which seems like an absolutely wild idea. But, you know, the, the, the sort of thesis there is like sports fans are fanatical. Everybody wants to have this idea of maybe being able to, could you imagine owning an NBA franchise? Like that would be incredible. But of course, I mean, two, three, four billion dollars is not very likely that any of us here, I don't know about you, Michael, but it's, it's far outside of my reach. That's for sure. A little, a little outside. Yeah. There's <laughs> such passion there. Right. And so while they're on this big adventure and, and maybe they get there, maybe they don't, there's also this sort of incredible desire to figure out how to build the tools and the mechanisms to bring a community of sports fans together to figure out how they might actually form the capital to, to acquire one, what, what, what might be possible if they actually do acquire one. Um, you know, you can imagine all sorts of interesting fan interactions that will happen. So Crosshouse has built an incredible community that is a community first that has token holders as members, but is on this big adventure of trying to ultimately buy and operate a, a sports franchise. On, on the flip side, maybe in the more marketing world, we have a community called Jump and Jump is a community for Web3 marketers. They have an NFT that is a token that sort of represents membership there. And it's a way for everybody in that community to have uh, sort of ownership in the network. And they started off as a LinkedIn group that was exploring the frontier of Web3 and, and marketing, but has quickly grown to like every major agency, Fortune 1000 company has some touch point into this community. And it is really where um, folks come together to to sort of learn and expand on their understanding. But also, you start to see these really interesting product ideas and and collaborations start to emerge. And so you can sort of see like the, the community there in, in two different angles represented. By the way, we've had Jeff Kaufman on the show. So he, for those that have listened, they're very familiar with the Jump community. So that's really cool. So those are great examples. Obviously, one is a, if you will, a, a, an organization, like a professional organization, kind of what Jump is. The other one is like a, a, a consumer-based experience, if you will, in the case of a basketball team. You know, one of the bigger questions I think that a lot of people have is how the heck do you make money in a DAO? Because the financial models, I think, seem intriguing, and I think people might at the fringes guess, oh, there's a token, hmm. You know, but like, talk to me a little bit about how they actually make money, you know, with this model. Sure. I mean, maybe using an example will be helpful here. So uh, another incredible DAO that's come through C Club is called Song Camp. For those that, that have any touch points with the music industry, there's no mystery that that industry has a, a number of challenges to it. I mean, I think it's led to a lot of really interesting experiments in, in the Web3 space. So Song Camp is you could kind of look at it like a label, but it, it really is a community that has come together. And their most recent release was something called Chaos, and they call it a, a headless band. So what they've done is they've brought together a number of artists, uh, and, and that's both musicians and visual artists and technologists who all recorded songs. So there's um, dozens of tracks that have come out of it and um, collectively came together to to both create these things, but also launch them. And Ultimately, they were minted as NFTs, and those NFTs were made available for sale and generated hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue that were ultimately split back to all the people who who created it. So, you know, the question of like, how do people make money? Well, the, the idea is in, in many of the same ways that businesses make money. You bring people together, creativity, labor, insight, make something. You know, in Web3, NFTs are, are like a, such a, a great substrata for, I guess, like a, a consumer 
product launch, if you will, and, and music is a, a great fit for that. So pe- there's a strong community of NFT music collectors out there. And so SongCamp was just such a novel, passionate, uh, inspired, energetic project that was a very interesting mint experience and a very novel way of distributing value. And so they were able to both come together, create something and sell something and actually you know, programmatically distribute that revenue back to the people who are creating it. So, you know, that's like one, one sort of subset. There's, there's also, a, you know, probably one of the more popular versions of DAOs are investment DAOs. Those maybe look like more traditional investment clubs, but again, their the governance and ownership is, is on chain. The, you know, one of the more notable ones is, is called Flamingo DAO, which is a big NFT collective. It's also the Lao. These are sort of more of like a traditional startup investor. Real quick. Yeah. On the investment DAO, how does it work? I would imagine a portion of the spoils, if you will, go to the treasury and others go to the owners. Is that generally how that works? Well, with the investment DAOs, you know, there's there's a number of legal considerations you have to make as part of thinking about any DAO structure. And investment DAOs are ones where they need to look much more like investment clubs or more traditional investments. So in the case of Flamingo DAO, everybody's buying in with the same amount of Ethereum or the same buy-in and everybody is sort of treated as the same. So any any rewards that are generated by that DAO are distributed equally amongst their members. So the idea is like, could we as a group of human beings get better deal flow, better access, make better decisions and, and therefore together make more than we would be able to do as individuals? I think there's, you know, a number of really great examples that are sort of proving that thesis out. I think it becomes a different thing if you're trying to structure it as a more traditional venture fund or investor where there's a set of carry or sort of fees going back to the DAO, though there are models that allow that to happen. But I think in the purest form, this idea of like bringing talent together to do something that you wouldn't be able to do just as a solo practitioner or even as a small group of people. Talk to me about service DAOs and also you had mentioned Lynx DAO. I don't know if that rings any bell. Yeah, so I think service DAOs are a, you know, again, from a very similar idea, like can we bring talent together to go and deliver on something that we, you know, at a higher level, at a bigger impact, creating more value than we'd be able to do as individuals. So there's a great DAO called Vector DAO or another one called Myosin. Vector DAO is a, a design-focused DAO, so they build and design novel Web3 projects, contracting to a number of like projects that we've worked with, but also bigger protocols. Myosin is actually a DAO that's just been accepted into our fifth cohort, and they're a growth marketing DAO. And so these are, are folks who are generally come from a background in either design or in marketing, they're able to come together and essentially contract themselves out to to projects or to to companies and create value. And again, trying to really lean into this idea of like, what is different? What can we do that now that we have a collective or a community that's also supporting this rather than just one individual? And so we'll, they'll earn fees. Sometimes they'll earn fees in the project's tokens that they're working for or a mixture of the two. And it, Again, I think what we see happening in these types of projects is it is a almost like a starting point where because they are working right on the front lines with companies, they start to see, you know, the needs and the opportunities before others do. And, and you know, when new technology rolls out, there's just so much innovation to be had. Things just, you know, there, there's a lot of needs out there. And so we start to see these types of projects as being the ones who ultimately lean into building platforms, tools, products. And in the same way, you know, in the early social media days, you saw people who were building and, and creating, seeing that the problems earlier than ultimately launching things like Hootsuite or, you know, um, other other tools that would allow, you know, marketers to do do better things together. I think we start to see the same thing in service DAO. So there's like a short term, you can earn revenue from it and just distribute that to the community and, and projects would probably rather work with the community rather than just an individual in many uh, instances. 
but there's also a lot of sort of future optionality that exists there. This feels a little bit like open source projects almost, doesn't it? Except there's actually money involved, right? You know, like back in the day, you had these open source communities where everybody was just doing it out of the goodness of their heart to kind of create some sort of an open standard and they were getting paid. Or if they were, there were just a couple people getting paid. But this is now kind of like taking that to the next level almost, isn't it? I think there's a, a lot of inspiration in open source and and, and maybe in co-ops on the other end. And, and both struggle in, in their own, like incredible forces, incredible structures created so much of the world that we you know benefit from today. And also both have a very challenging time in forming capital and funding the type of growth that or the benefits that could come with with extra you know resources ultimately and so yeah i think a lot of folks look at open source and look at co-ops look at you know artist collectives and say okay well, well you know how, how might we use the the sort of financial tools that are embedded in web3 to really accelerate or, or have greater impact and yeah those are i think i think a great example you were going to mention something about the link style yeah, I think there was a big trend, and LinkStyle is emblematic of this, but but maybe one that might have been more popular was this DAO called Constitution DAO. Um, and Constitution DAO formed around this idea of like, uh, there was a, a copy of the U.S. Constitution that was up for auction, and millions of dollars sort of flowed into this DAO to ultimately go and try to bid on and win the Constitution. They, they ultimately failed. Uh, a richer human being went and, and purchased that. But what you saw was this ability for people from all over the world to pool capital to go and acquire something. I think the big question around Constitution now is like, okay, well, what would you have actually done if, if you had bought the Constitution? And there was sort of like the you know, step one, step two, step three, question mark, step four, profit. I think that was sort of like the, the big question mark there. But LinksDAO and maybe Kraushouse and, and these other DAOs that are bringing capital and community together to go purchase something, I think, is and then operate or, or build community or membership around it, I think, is is also interesting. So LinksDAO raised $12 million through selling membership NFTs, and they had the goal of going and buying a, a golf course. So, you know, a country club model is maybe another one that's useful to look at here. There's a number of DAOs that you squint sort of look like maybe Soho House or look like a country club, LinksDAO is really owning that and saying, well, what we're going to do is bring people together. We're going to be the defining community for golfers in Web3. And what we're going to go do is go buy a course, build out a, a membership model that uses NFTs and, and gives people sort of this ownership or governance of these courses. And, you know, they've built a, a, an incredible community and are sort of on the path to, to acquiring a course. And so I think there's like, a lot of interesting angles there to be had where, again, if you bring people together and and, uh, and capital together, you know, what might you be able to go unlock? And I think we'll start to see DAOs start to form in these different verticals. So, you know, if it pickleballs, are you a pickleballer, Michael? I don't know. I'm not. No, I'm not. But I know a lot of people are just talking about it and raving about it. There will be a pickleball dial, I'm sure, right? Like we're going to see these these sort of subcultures really start to to form around communities that are that are sort of, you know, trying to unlock some additional value, bring some of that value back to, to the, the, the passionate members and network participants in, in these various structures. And so whether that's in music or that's in golf or that's in, in horse racing, or I think we'll start to see DAOs emerge there quite a bit. But you know, the, I think the core question that got us into this is like, how do DAOs make money? And I think there is, you know, it, it's much more clear when you're looking at sort of maybe an investment DAO for how you might participate and, and earn money, or as a service DAO, how you might participate and earn money. When you start to get into Projects like LinksDAO, Friends with Benefits is another really notable DAO where you're really paying to buy in and, and join a community. You know, I think the, the the mental math 
there for participants is one of getting benefits that they wouldn't have otherwise. So can I be a part of this community and what additional opportunities emerge? Part of LinksDAO, you know, what does that mean for me? But the question of like how these organizations earn money is I think is really the edge that these communities are pushing at right now. I think on, on one end, there's the idea of membership and fees and dues and products that might spin out of it as we talked about before. But there's also speaking with a gentleman who described DAOs as a, a meme with an institution, which I thought is a really fascinating idea. And so, you know, in, in my circles, the, we wouldn't have a conversation like this without mentioning a DAO called Nouns DAO, which I think is a good example here. So Nouns DAO is a, you might have seen them around the internet. They're, they're sort of the square glasses that exist. They have a really novel token mechanism. So every day, one noun, which is this generative NFT, is auctioned off. And they go for 60, 70, 80 ETH, which I guess, depending on how the markets are doing today, is between 80 or $160,000. And what's notable there is all of that capital goes into a community treasury that if you win an auction, you own the NFT and, and you have one vote over that treasury. And the DAO exists to proliferate the meme of nouns. That is it, which is like, well, what does that even mean? But the idea is that they've formed capital, have members that are bought in and their job is to then think about how they go to spend that money to expand awareness and impact of, of the nouns meme. So you'll see billboards that are up. You'll see them investing in building interesting tools and infrastructure to allow nouns to operate better. You know, there's 40 plus million dollars worth of, of real money sitting in a treasury that's, that is geared towards proliferating the, the nouns meme. And Jacob Horn, who's the, the founder of Zora, you know, after an intense back and forth, I thought, just trying to figure out like what, like why is this so interesting to you? Uh, described it as the fiat version of nouns might be like uh, Virgin or Coca Cola, some brand equity that's being built up. Virgin's probably a great example, or Red Bull, right? This is sugar water, but that has built this entire meme and and marketing and brand space around it. And so, like, what might happen if you have shared ownership and a shared capital pool that is know, leaning into trying to continue to proliferate this meme of nouns and has a, a wonderful, the glasses are so, such a great symbol and there's such a passionate, you know, community base there that I think they have a good chance at, yeah, at, at taking it beyond the, the very niche market that it's in right now and into being something that, you know, might be on a billboard in your, in your t- city recently or in, in the coming months, there's coffee, there's different brand extensions, there's all these sort of things that exist. And so the revenue model for them isn't one of like, how are we actually going to go and sell those things and bring money back to our treasury? Though that's part of it, but it's more that if this becomes more and more popular, how much more demand will come to actually towards buying these these NFTs? And and could the idea of this meme become more and more and more valuable in the future? And therefore, each of the tokens that represents so a limited ownership in that meme become more valuable as well. Fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So let's talk about structure, organizational structure inside of DAOs, because obviously everybody can envision all these fascinating examples that you've given, but how in the world do you structure a random amalgamation of people, right? Because these people generally do not know each other, right? (laughs) Yeah. Again, you're asking the questions that are pushing at the edges of, of like what is being worked on right now. I think in the early days of DAOs, maybe that's a year ago, maybe longer, the idea would be like, we would just bring a massive humanity together. There's no hierarchy and no structure and with the right incentives, We'll figure something out, and I think there's there's good examples of this. I think Bitcoin is probably like the purest DAO out there. There's, you know, an incentive structure. People are doing work for that network and earning Bitcoin for securing the network. Early on, that was maybe you and I just doing that in our. I mean, if we're lucky in our the spare computer we had, now it's you know 
billion dollar mining rig or, or facilities. And, and so that's sort of like the pure structure. But as we get into and, and even in, in the investment DAOs, we're seeing, you know, a lot more flat hierarchy and, and sort of shared value being created there. But as you get into more complicated things like how do we go proliferate the nouns meme or how do we actually go and buy and operate an NBA sports franchise or, or a golf course? The, the ability to coordinate human beings becomes more important. And I think we're starting to see a lot of tension between this idea of like, well, if we just put people in a room with the shared incentives, good things will happen. And then also, you know, just the, the hundreds of years of human organizing that we have to lean back on, which says that, you know, some people are better at certain things than others. Some people have more context, more time, more, more access. And so thinking through how to actually structure these organizations that both take advantage of the broad network and, and mass appeal of making it easy for people to come in and feel like they're a part of something and owning something and creating value towards something while also consistently moving forward and, and building momentum is, I think, a big challenge. And so we'll, I think what we see is sort of an evolution from this sort of broad cloud-like structure into one that has more of like a, a hub and spoke model where there are smaller teams that are working on specific things, but that ultimately have the intention of continuing to, you know, the word progressive decentralization is one that's used in our space quite a bit. That's the idea that, you know, not only are you trying to build a valuable organization, but you're also thinking about building the structures that allow for that to proliferate or to expand beyond the initial members that are in there. And so maybe we go from a cloud to a hub and spoke to multiple hubs and multiple spokes. And then for some, some DAOs, that's probably the end structure they'll be in. But for, for others, maybe they'll, it'll start to look a lot more like a, like Bitcoin or Ethereum, where there's just many nodes, many people, many folks creating value. But I think like, the biggest mistake I see in many early stage DAOs is that they think that they don't need to have structure to be able to actually get stuff done. And what that leads to, you know, I think so many folks want to work for DAOs because it's it's exciting, it's new, um, they get to work on things that, you know, you, you couldn't go and buy an NBA sports franchise. But if you go and do some work with Krauss you have an opportunity to be a part of that. And so that, that's really exciting. But the reality of actually doing day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week work that actually moves the needle requires more structure and more context and more communication. And these are they're naturally human-based organizations. And you know, even in self-managed teams that don't have hierarchies, there is a ton of structure and maybe more leaders than you would have in, in a traditional organization. And so, well, I don't think there's like this, this easy copy-paste template that's going to solve anybody's problem who are trying to go build these DAOs. The, the thing that we just drive it time and time again, and we've learned the hard way ourselves, is that, you know, uh, clarity is kindness. And understanding the structure and how things work is, is incredibly important to, to building the, these types of organizations. And, and there's, you know, a lot of great experiments out there. W one of the things that's interesting about nouns DAO is that all they do is token holders just make decisions on, on how money is spent. And, and what they do then is fund teams at the edges of their organization to do the hard coordination work. So if you're going to go build, launch nouns coffee, it probably doesn't make sense to have 500 members voting on every little detail of Nouns Coffee. What makes sense is to say, well, we trust this group to go and make Nouns Coffee. We're going to give them some money to go do it. And then that group figures out on their own, whether that's one person or a team of people, how to actually do the things that they need to do to actually get that coffee to market. And so I think that's a structure that we'll start to see gaining even more prominence in some of the leading DAOs in the space. I interviewed early on in this podcast, a guy named Macon Markets, I think is his name, that's his pseudonym. And he was the chief moderator of the Constitution DAO in the Discord. And he said it was absolute chaos. You know, it was absolute chaos because it was just like thousands upon thousands of people. Nobody knew what the heck was going on. There was no structure. And I would imagine that's the challenge right now with a lot of DAOs that are in the beginning where they just assume it's going to be this 
kumbaya, everyone's going to naturally organize, but that's not how it works, right? Some people are going to have very strong opinions, I would imagine, inside these DAOs, and somehow some process is going to be needing to be set in place, right? So I love the idea of taking from traditional business, right? The idea that you've got different divisions or teams or individuals like in these big companies that have their main responsibility and then they have these other responsibilities around special project teams. But the thing about DAOs is most of the people that belong to the DAO, they have some other job, right? This isn't their career. So that's the other side of it. Like these are investors or are these employees? I mean, do you understand where I'm going with this? Yeah, I think we see it all. I mean, we have a team of folks who focus full-time on C-Club and, and we're definitely not alone. But you're right, there's like a much wider variety of the types of people that are participating in these organizations. And one of the big superpowers is that, you know, it's it's maybe not about the time that you're committing to these organizations, but the impact you're having. So, you know, somebody who has a great relationship or has deep experience in, in say, the legal field, has a lot of value that can be added to a DAO early on, regardless of how many hours they're, they're putting in. But so I think like the the, Constitution DAO is a great example. It's like, not only is the absence of structure chaotic, which is half the fun, to be fair. Like it was, that was part of the energy and why people are in it. But there's also like that lack of structure. The downside isn't only that you might not be able to get stuff done, but it is that maybe folks who have ulterior motivations or incentives can get things done. And so there's actually like being thoughtful about structure in organizations. I think it's just very much going to be the norm moving forward. And it also creates better pathways for folks. Because, you know, the, the challenge we have at C-Club isn't that we that we can't find people to work for us. We have so many people that want to come and be a part of, of C-Club. The challenge is how do we actually help them work in a way that actually creates value for the organization? And so as we get better at creating those structures, then we have better opportunities to pull in the individual brilliance of people who have deep experience in the specific areas that are helpful. And so one of the big benefits we have is we have an incredible network of collaborators. These are folks who are members of C-Club that are out building different DAOs, different platforms, tools, who were able to, to have access to parts of their time and, and embed them with our, our early teams so they can actually take advantage of, of that insight that they would never be able to get just building on their own and you know help them to sort of achieve their goals much faster. And you know, if that was a corporate structure or if we needed them to be a, an investment partner in, in our in our fund, it, we just wouldn't have that sort of cloud of, of availability. So I think this is a sort of a, a subject that you can get into a lot of debates in with the folks who are sort of building these organizations. But I think the, yeah, the, we'll see more and more structure roll out. And that's ultimately what's going to help us get to like the, the full vision here where, you know, you can plug in, add your value, become an owner, become a governor, become a, a member and do that, whether you're working on 10 DAOs, one DAO, or you know, have a corporate job and, and you're sort of just hanging out on the, in the Discord on the weekends. Well, this is what's fascinating is there's people that basically have left their corporate job and they're just doing activities across a bunch of DAOs and it, they make more money, they have more time and they're ultimately more valuable, right? I mean, I'm sure you're hearing stories like this all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible just the breadth of, talent that that is coming into the space i think my personal experience isn't one where i have more time to do anything these things are like of course <laughs> really immersive but yeah i think there's folks that, that are able to i mean like, I'm, I'm talking more from the members less than the owners you know sure what i mean like well the and i think like the, the promise here is like you know what if you could only work on the things that you were exceptional at that you had you know a passion for you know, how, would life be better and i think the answer is is a big yes and so the more DAOs that exist the more pathways for people to be able to come and add that specific 
bit of brilliance to to create value. I think, you know, there, there's just so much friction in the existing employment structure that it's just, I mean, we're going to look back on this. Not only are we going to look back on this time as, as the sort of digital feudal era, like why are we actually sharecropping on somebody else's network? But we're also going to look at these organizational structures and think like an application process, you know, getting on a team, getting on, all this sort of stuff is, is just going to seem so archaic when you as a, a, an animator or a designer or, you know, a programmer can come in pick up a bounty or understand what a work stream is working on, create value for that time, and, and then you know be able to, to not only earn income from doing that, but also have a stake in this network that you're helping to build. Uh, so I think yeah, a lot of interesting things will emerge from that. Okay, so there's some people that are getting excited listening to what we're talking about, but they're a little scared about the fact that building a DAO is ultimately very complicated. So what I want to know is, what kind of services slash service providers do we need? Because, you know, when we go out and we start a traditional entity, we've got to hire maybe an accountant. We have to maybe hire an illegal person to, you know, set up the structure. Maybe we have to hire some marketing or graphics design people. So what about when it comes to actually DAOs? I think like they can be incredibly complicated or or not. And, and maybe there's sort of like a, a, a gradient there as, as success starts to grow. So, you know, I think like the, the wonderful thing is Anybody can go launch a DAO tomorrow. You know, Seed Club started as a Telegram group chat. There are dozens of tools on the internet that allow you to mint tokens, whether that's NFTs or fungible tokens, distribute those tokens, gate access using something like guild.xyz or Collabland that says well, you have to hold a certain amount of tokens to be a part of this DAO. And all of a sudden you have you have a DAO. Maybe it's not worth anything yet, but but you're you're up and running. I think as you start to get traction and grow, or maybe you want to raise money or start to deal larger amounts of money, then things like legal structures and, and more professional services come in. And so, you know, the evolution of Seed Club was really from this group chat to sort of shared ownership without financial value that, you know, our tokens weren't tradable, but they were a way of saying, hey, I am a member and I am I'm part of this thing to one where we had join, where we ultimately set up a, a legal structure that was time intensive and costly. And, and now we have you know, a series of lawyers and um, accounting team and a number of different service providers that are, that are participating. What about developers? Do you have to have a developer? You can launch a DAO without ever needing to talk to a developer. It feels very much, you know, it's it's like WordPress 1.0. Let's say that, like maybe there's, there's, it's not easy, but you don't need to know how to develop. I think like it's very likely that the most valuable and impactful DAOs will be building new tools in some way. And so I think, I just think it's, it's crazy that C Club, we didn't have any developers in C Club for the longest time because what we were doing is we see this as a social technology. It's about membership. It's about bringing the social capital and genius of people together and directing it towards something. And there was enough tools that existed in, in the Web3 space for us to be able to go do that without ever having to have a developer. Now, of course, for those of you that have done early stuff in, in WordPress, like there's a lot of edge cases where you would probably want to have access to those folks. So I don't want to make it sound like it's just, you know, just roses and rainbows when you sort of step out. And, and there is this feeling of, you know, the immutability of the blockchain and you don't want to get things wrong. And so I think it's both one of those things that should feel that it is actually not as much of a barrier as, as people think, but then also can very much be a barrier as you start to get grow in popularity or, or value. And so, you know, I think it's the big thing that we wanted to do with C Club was say, like, there are so many different edge cases and challenges here that at the very least being a part of a community of people who are building these things will be super valuable. But as we continue to grow, we start to see just the power of our ability to pull in the best lawyers, the best folks thinking about token design, the best developers uh, to really support these teams. So I think it's, 
you know, C Club wouldn't be where we are today without the incredible network of folks who make made me feel very comfortable to go do this weird thing two years ago. And so I think like for folks who are considering building something, there's I think there's two pathways. One, just go build something, like launch something, do it without any expectation. Just, you know, anybody, Ethereum's open to all. You can go, you know, for it's not a whole lot of, of money. Transaction fees are extremely cheap right now. ETH is on sale. You know, you can go and launch these things and and just get a sense of what it's like to go play in the space with, with a very low barrier. But then as you get more serious, I think there's two clear paths. One, go contribute to a DAO. You know, if you go to network.cclub.xyz, you'll see a whole list of the DAOs that we've supported. There's a ton of jobs that exist there as well. If you hop into our community, you'll see even more. You know, it's easy to get embedded into a community that maybe aligns with your interests, whether it's golf or it's music or it's, you know, financial services. You can go be amongst other folks because it's, it's that network that, that you build there that it becomes the most valuable. And then as you grow beyond that, I think there's just, you know, an incredibly rich ecosystem that's emerging of organizations like C Club and, and there are others that can support the those of, of you that maybe have uh, grander visions. Jess Sloss, this has been really fascinating. You mentioned seedclub.xyz. I'm assuming that's where they can find out more about Seed Club where else you want to send them and also if they want to reach out to you on the socials like twitter or whatever do you have a preferred way of them getting to you yeah cclub.xyz we have a lovely retro website that we just launched up there I don't, it's new i like saw it, it feels, oh really yeah. oh okay the one i saw well, maybe maybe not the one i saw feels saw very like 90s-esque almost right okay that- good that's what it is yeah and so like subscribing to the, the newsletter there is just the best way to keep a regular pulse we share all sorts of insights there so if this is intriguing to you definitely do that i'm that tall guy on twitter i know it doesn't come through on zoom but i'm rather tall so if you see me in real life the handle makes sense so that tall guy on twitter where you can follow c club hq we are very active in media creation of course the podcast you mentioned earlier building at the edges but cclub.xyz is just the place you can find all that fun exciting stuff and we you know have, have a bunch more planned very excited to, to start to expand our membership and, and create pathways for those that are interested to come deeper into the C Club community and into the DAO space. And so if you join our newsletter there, you'll be the first to know of all the exciting things we're working on. Wow, Jess, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights with us. We really appreciate it. Appreciate the platform, Michael. And yeah, stoked you're doing this. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C41. And if you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. And would you be sure to let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web3 continue to change your world. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.